podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. One five nine. Dan's the man as the Palace plunder points yet again on Merseyside. The panel discuss the draw at Everton. Look forward to the upcoming match against Southampton. Answer your questions and wonder just when JD might sober up. So join us for this and much more on this hour and a bit of FYP related chats. Uh, hello, listeners. Welcome to the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey. Uh, I'm Jim Daly, and with me I've got Kevin Day. Hello, and Andy Street. Hello. How are you, lads? I'm oh, right. there's a big James Endicott size gap there's there. A, <laughs> there is an Endicott size gap. James Don't worry, I'm sure we'll fill it with Kevin Day's phlegm again. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I've the cold's gone now, please. No. He's, he's passed it on to James Endicott. Yeah. Well, no, this is, busy, oh, yeah, this is yeah. a busy time of year for James, isn't he? He's got yes, all the yeah. grotto work. And the <laughs> good. Snow yeah, everywhere. Snow everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Good. <laughs> Ginger father Christmas. Ice on the rose, yeah. Get well soon, James. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be back soon. We miss you loads. We are sponsored by... We are sponsored by uh, JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Ooh. Visit jc-is.com and Vector Printing for all your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. Hey, very enthusiastic K this week. The cold's gone. Uh, good. The cold of a K. Hey. Good. Uh, so this <laughs> is the pod after Palace have drawn Everton. One all. Yep. Um, another goal on Merseyside for Scott Dan. Yep. But um, was it a deserved point, or because Palace had, was sort of under cost for a lot of the game, or was it a, an ex sort of very well played away performance? I I was working, so I didn't see it all live. So I just saw the sort of fifty minute highlight thing. Uh, judged on that, I thought it was deserved, and also the only person who didn't seem to think so was Roberto Martinez. Who yeah. Was I'm pleased to say shouted down in most of the papers. He said Palace were not attractive to watch. They do what they do, and I don't think there was any newspaper report or TV or radio report didn't say it was a deserved point. And in in a funny sort of way, I know this sounds odd after we won there in the last two seasons. In a strange sort of way, I think this was a more interesting and pleasing result because the last two seasons it's felt like an unexpected cup win mm-hmm. against a much better team and. This time it felt like a grown-up professional draw against a team that we thought we might do well against, but against a very good team. One report, I think the Independent, 
was really interesting because it basically said there's a team on Merseyside at the moment with arguably the best striker in the country, two brilliant wide players, great fullbacks going forward, great in midfield, and it's not Liverpool. Yeah. And Palace went toe to toe with them and set their stall out. But I thought, I think it's a great point. I generally think it's a really sort of professional, grown up point. Doesn't, that feel, doesn't team. that feel though a bit like the um, theme of the season, actually? That we had quite a few results this season that have been a bit more well, grown which, up. Which ones, you, which ones are you thinking of here? Man United at home, I right, think where we're probably that. the better team. Chelsea Watford away, Watford away. away. There's been quite yeah. a few okay. where just, they've looked a bit more. West Brom at home, you know, there's yeah. been quite a few. We Aston Villa at home, I guess where you know we could we could have easily lost that. Well, I mean, I, we, we were saying uh, before we arrived, weren't we, JD? That in some ways this was an incredibly similar performance to the one we put in up on Merseyside a couple of weeks ago against Liverpool. Yeah, albeit that they had. Uh, a striking great form in Lukaku who was absolutely fantastic and at times unplayable yeah. on Monday night and Benteke when we played against Liverpool was a little bit out of form a little yeah. bit out of sorts and mm. didn't quite look at the races and against Liverpool when we were playing on the break which I thought we'd again try to do excellently against Everton we had Wolf Zaha in the team uh, in great form and really taking the game to them on the break whereas we didn't quite have his sort of sort of intelligence going forward really on on Monday night I thought you know uh, Yannick had a half decent game I didn't think he was necessarily up to sometimes what you'd expect from him but he put in some you know half decent crosses he does carry out well doesn't he but yeah Yeah. but it it was still it was just it was still a fairly similar sort of rear guard action at times and it was a it was a mature performance and you know Martinez can, can you know whinge as much as he likes but this is the team that isn't really in a position to talk about you know defensive displays given that they gave away a three two win a three two lead against Bournemouth yeah, in the ninety sixth yeah. minute you well, know two nil and then three two and who have the players to probably finish in the top four if they wanted to but probably won't because of the defence naivety so I wouldn't pay too much heed to Martinez despite the fact he's built a fairly entertaining team there but I, I thought it was a genuinely very exciting and and decent Premier League football match and it's not often you're able to say that well that's that's, I think that's a good point because a lot of the papers said exactly the same thing that it was two teams playing football in in different ways perhaps but trying to score goals trying to win the game and they all picked up on the fact that you don't see that much and they all said it was a really good match it was a great game to watch I'm sure Sky were delighted I thought Yannick and again it's something we talked about before a couple of the crosses were ahead of Wickham. They were looking for Wickham to reach the brilliant save from Howard that I think led to the corner that we scored from. <clears throat> it's an interesting change putting Jedi in. and we, should have, we definitely should have had two penalties. And I just think it's one of those results. It's, it's getting a little bit like Leicester now. It's like Leicester being where they are is no fluke. And I don't think we're overachieving anymore. I think mm. we, it's one of those performances where, like I say, the last two times we won up there, he didn't necessarily still think we belonged in the same division as Everton and now that was a performance that makes you think yeah we do belong in, in this division times, especially when you think they are still they're still a bigger club than we are they've still yeah. got more money than we have arguably you know three or four of their players you'd say would get in our team and that's always a yardstick oh, that's always a yardstick we use about teams that we beat and also the other thing as well I think we should point out like a couple of Newcastle fans did that perhaps that Newcastle weren't as poor as we thought they are maybe, they are, maybe that result indicates we're a better team than we but thought but they beat Liverpool didn't they they, they did they, they were Liverpool poor against that, us they, they were. were but still that may be because we made them poor because mm. they deserve to beat Liverpool mm. and they played they looked like well, a half team. team So almost the same team yeah. back to so, the same back having said that I mean I did say in the last game about us 
soaking up chances and probably conceding more shots than we mm. perhaps should do, etc. And they did hit the ball <laughs> yeah, three, three times. times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so in some ways, I quite liked seeing a player like Jednak being dropped in just in mm. front of the, the centre-backs and someone to fill that sort of void and to allow... MacArthur and Kabai to be released a little bit I do wonder about Jedi's legs now I just think you know Lukaku is still dropping deep into some dangerous positions picking up the ball running at the defence without a huge amount of protection for uh, Damo and for Dan mm. and I would like to see us bring in someone in that sort of Jednak mould yeah. who is you know a really physical defensive midfielder who would allow us to basically play that guy with MacArthur and Kabai given a little bit more freedom to roam because um, well, I, I, I think it did show that we've still got a little bit of vulnerability. Yeah, there. but I think I think the important part about that is not necessarily who it was, because I agree with you that there are probably we may have players on the bench who could do it better. Ledley, for example, <coughs> when they bring somebody in, but it's more the point that Zahar was injured, and Pardew obviously looked at it and thought, perhaps if we play the way we have played away in some away games, Everton are too good a team to do that. That we will get mm. we we will get caught if we try and be that attacking as we have done away. So let's be a bit more practical. And it's good to see him because we've, we, you know, to be fair, we've talked long and hard about no plan B, no plan C, and that was a distinct tactical change in it. Well, it's quite pragmatic. Well, absolutely. We saw that against Newcastle as well. It's the second time yeah. we have seen tactical yeah, changes. And, and Everton, Everton are a good side. There's no doubt about it. Look, some of their players, are, you know, and it's no disgrace to, to Lukaku finally scored in the end. And even then, there was a bit of bad luck because it flicked off their. Yeah. Their players' heels. Not just, just Lukaku. I thought. Yeah. I thought Delefeo De on the right was the best player. Yeah, possibly on the pitch. I mean, he was yeah, fantastic. Suarez, for Everton. Suarez struggled, didn't he? On the highlights, it looked like Suarez struggled, but mm. I think that's because everyone says Delefeo just at the moment is playing out of his skin. I think, I think Suarez also mm. got a bit of a lack of support from yeah. whoever in front of him, be it Punchin yeah. or Balassi or Gale yeah. when he came on. And Gale yeah. probably shouldn't have been played left mid when he came on. I thought yeah. that was a bit unfair. And in fact, he was on when they scored, and I think Suarez. Suffered from a lack of support a little yeah, bit. I, I just think I just think we should probably step back and go. Do you know what? One all draw away to Everton is a really good, a really good result. I think possibly before and we were optimistic because of the whole Merseyside thing, which still mm-hmm. still can tell. I don't know any. I was looking at Everton fans the way they were talking afterwards. None of them were upset. They just thought actually we got to the stage with our away from where a point against us at home isn't a bad result for some team. So mm-hmm. uh, so I know I was really I was delighted with that result. I was genuinely. I thought it was quite pragmatic from Pardew in some ways like the one thing that we have sometimes not necessarily had a go at him about but been cognizant of is the fact that he's got like this whole hubris thing going on like he's very arrogant like you kind of anticipate that he thinks that not only is he the best manager in the world that his team will always play to you know the best of their ability because he is their manager and that that might be a, a like fair JD, perception JD hosting this like exactly. JD yeah, this I, I mould myself pod. on, yeah. on but it, it's yeah. essentially that is like Steve Evans uh, managing Messi and Suarez over here I'm just saying yeah, but, um, that's a good point <laughs> that's a good point yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the one thing you we, 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 20 of him could fit inside Steve well, Evans well that, that's true uh, that, that's, maybe tried one that sounds yeah. very yeah. that sounds like a Sun on Sunday story if ever I've heard one but the one thing we sometimes you know say about Pardews that he believes in himself and perhaps some of his decisions a bit too much it showed a bit more of a pragmatic streak because he had much yeah. or Shamak or you know other players that could have slotted into number 10 as a natural number 10 but instead he decided to effectively go with three guys in central midfield who he could drop deep and he could provide some protection because you know you were going to have Barkley and Lukaku coming through the middle especially if Lukaku dropped deep which he did and it did just show that you know we, we've sometimes said that oh we're massively more open on the party and we sometimes mm. are but equally there's still that sort of defensive streak to the team that 
has been a, a, a sort of pervasive trend since Pulisic, which will probably continue being so. That, that there's that, that sort of resoluteness and grit and sort of willingness if you've got to to, to be a bit more compact. The numbers are able to go back to. That. I mean, that we, that's another something else we talked about. It's like there's still pretty. It's not far away from Pulisic's team, is it? And they they were so used to playing in a particular way, and they've had to adapt to what party wants. But they've still got that almost like you said that natural defensiveness in them well I was, I was, I was really pleased with what uh, Bartley said as well about Palace afterwards which kind of got missed a little bit in the general who high I didn't even hear that no, so, really he, he, said, he said it's one of the hardest games I've had all season and he thought he said in previous seasons when you talk about other clubs they're one of the first teams you mentioned for relegation he said no he said they're a really good side we were pleased with the point and he said, he said and he also said, not, they're not just strong physical and well organised they're good players so, and also the other thing as well, which I was really pleased to hear about, with which Van Gaal chucked in, and another of his bats to all under pressure. This is actually progress because we went further in the Carling Cup than last year, <laughs> and Wolfsburg are a top team along with PSV. But uh, talking about the games, their last their run of ten games, he said there's only two games in that, those games that we deserve to lose. That we weren't a better team. One was Arsenal, and one was Crystal Palace. Well, he's right. So he said we were the better team yeah. in all those other games. So that's kind of again, that's another little thing that you kind of go, oh wow, manager Man United mm. admitting that Palace were a better team because there aren't many times in the past you can put your hand on the heart and say that's you know we've got draws and, and lucky results, but to to you know to hear Ross Barkley say that and Van Gaal say that is really and it is that thing where we've talked about it all season where it just feels odd and now you you do. Yeah, Leicester aren't going to win the title. Let's put it that way. But they do keep winning games, so it's not a fluke anymore. And it isn't. It it just isn't with us. And now, although there still is that bit of me that goes, well, it's how's he going to do it against Southampton, who have really good football inside that we struggle against. Yeah, but it's yeah. because we see Palace one way, and everyone <coughs> yeah. else outside the club sees Palace in yeah. another way, probably yeah. in a more positive light than we do. Yeah. And and there's money to spend in January, obviously, which, yeah. which he's been told. Um, the number 10 thing that Andy talked on, um, because Jednak came in, so everyone assumed that Kabai would end up being number 10 against yeah. Everton, but really it was sort of, MacArthur really looked a bit more further forward, although they're quite they fluid in their swap Between yeah. him and Kabai. Um, the one paper said he's already Palace's player of the season. MacArthur? MacArthur. Yeah. Well, I personally think he is. Really? I think he's fantastic. I love him to bits. But how do you feel about Kabai at number 10? Because reportedly he doesn't want to play at number 10, yeah. he wants to play deeper. And was the Everton, Everton game an example of actually the fact that he is suited better a bit deeper and we do have other options like MacArthur who maybe can play number 10? Well, I think it's going to depend upon the opposition. There are going to be certain yeah. teams like Everton who like playing out that much that, if anything, he's not yeah. playing almost as a number 10. He's almost playing as a sort of, you know, some people talk about false nines mm. and false tens. He's almost playing as a false defensive midfielder, but pushed that much further up the pitch. He's there to win the ball back from Higher a defence yeah, yeah. who is trying to pass the ball around. Yeah. Uh, sort of defensive midfield for Everton who are trying to drop deep and receive the ball you know he's there to win the ball back rather than to just be your usual sort of focal like, point like, for attack yeah. like Shamak like two yeah. of the goals against Newcastle exactly yeah. and his yeah. stats would back that up wouldn't yeah. it his yeah. inceptions and stuff but I mean it's going to depend upon the opposition really because there'll be certain teams who, who don't play like that and where he is entirely suited to being far far deeper I mean he, he's I, I don't think he's 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 got the ability to play as a number 10 if he wanted to but I think the sort of weight of where his natural abilities lie sort of more predominantly is perhaps deeper um, he's he's versatile enough and he, he's a good enough player that he could probably play wherever the head he wanted to on the pitch then that everything, everything you hear from within the club indicates that Pardew loves Shimak and wants to fit Shimak in somewhere and you assume that would be where I mean it, it, who he would lose to, to do that I don't know but you assume 
it'll be in that number 10 position rather than as a straightforward centre forward but with the way Southampton play with Southampton do tend to sit a little bit deeper he's going to play somebody like McArthur on their on their back four you'd imagine to try and win the ball there and and get it to you know to break it up as far up their end of the pitch as possible before they but I, I think Pardew really wants to fix Schumacher into that system mm. somehow. Well, I think then, we all would, wouldn't we? Well, we would, but, then, but who do we lose? Because Wickham, Wickham in the last couple of games looks like he's going to be a really good hold-up forward mm-hmm. player. Well, I suppose you've, Ga- you've had Ga- a punch a little bit out of form by his standards. <coughs> so. but, but showing a bit more playing wide on the left. That's true, yeah. You've but still that- got McCarthy, Goodbye, Zahar, yeah. Balassi to fit in that. Um, and maybe it will be, as Streety said, it's just going to be that we won't be the sort of team that plays the same 11 week in week out because Everton play a completely different style of football to Southampton and I think it's interesting that Pardew clearly picked a team to counter that If you guys were Pardew though who would you play at number 10 because it feels like that is a position that no one's claimed If we were Pardew If I'd be out if I was Pardew now I'd be somewhere in the West End I'd be in China White I'd be in the Groucho Club banging on the door You shouldn't have asked that If you were Pardew as a manager I'd still be out because at number 10 feels like the only position that really no one's grabbed this season and there are options Well it's kind of it's odd that we even talk about that Position is because there's no you don't necessarily have to have somebody in that ten position or you don't have to. But play the way we play, sort of yeah, dictates that we, yeah, we do I'd, have someone around there. I'd, I, I, I think that's a difficult. Probably at the, I mean, Kabai would be would be my answer. Except, he, like you say, it seems that he doesn't want to uh, to play there. I just think he's he's got all the attributes both of a destructive midfield player and a really creative player so that 10 seems to be the ideal place for him to try and break up attacks and start our attacks much further forward but Schumach's physical enough to do it as well and, and he does put in the yards as well he does yeah, he Schumacher does really big does. time yeah. he, does, he really does but MacArthur clearly has been playing further forward you know Ledley could do it much could do it There's a there are a lot of options so, I'd, I'd, I'd personally probably go with Shamak, if you mm. and it's a huge if though, isn't but it? Then, but if then, you could get him fit for a run of games, which he's not really been in realistically, so all know, of his time at Palace, really. So goodbye, MacArthur, Shamak, perhaps his first Shamak in front. Yeah, then, well, yeah, yeah, and then sort of either well, two of three out of punching Wolf and Balassi out wide, depending on who's fit, and then and what Wick him up front. You know, I, I, I think. Wickham shown enough over the last few games in the Chelsea match to to show that he is able to make a nuisance of himself, able to bring people into the game. I, I thought the run and the, the movement and the attempted finish for the header against Everton was absolutely brilliant, really. Yeah. To get across his, his marker in the way that he did and to get that on target, but for a brilliant save from Tim Howard, that's a fantastic goal. Mm-hmm. And I, I think goals will come from him. You're not going to get... 20 goals a season from him because he's not Sergio Aguero but you'll get some goals from him a season I think he will act as you know until or unless there's someone better coming in he'll act as a pretty good I think focal point for that for that front four or or he could you could also have him as a number 10 if you wanted you could have him foraging which he almost did controversial well he almost he was kind of of that against Newcastle in a a way he was Hmm. he wasn't always the furthest forward striker was he Blassie was quite often ahead of him so but How again, do you think- again it's, it's one of those things when you say it out loud, you suddenly... Because it's odd, isn't it? We talked about... I can't remember which game it was when we thought, wow, our squad's thin. And now having that conversation, 
makes you think, wow, that squad's actually quite good. There's options. Yeah, yeah. Wickham, he's obviously been better in the last few games. Are you guys pleased with him? Um, our, uh, Terence Ford from Redmond Army did a brilliant tweet when uh, they hit the bar for the third time on Monday night and it was off Wickham's head yeah. and he tweeted Wickham just can't buy a goal for Palace at <laughs> <laughs> all which is brilliant but, um, very good um, and goals probably w- he probably won't score that many goals season because of the way we play and the role of that forward but it does look like last few games that he is settling into that role up top doesn't he well I think the important thing is it doesn't matter whether we we're pleased or not it's clearly Pardew's the way <coughs> Pardew talks about it, the Pardew clearly really rates him, is committed to him, and he's going to play him basically. And he's he's talked really highly of his impact on training. All the other players have talked about how much extra he's brought in already, and not to judge him on the Sunderland game and how brilliant he was against Newcastle. It's a different clearly. game now as well, right? Yeah. Like you know, Gomez has scored a reasonable amount of goals so far this season for Swansea, but they're struggling. Mm-hmm. Their manager's yeah. been sacked today. Yeah. No one been else sacked now. Yeah, he's gone. Oh, Monk yeah. was sacked today, so yeah. like the rest of the team aren't aren't weighing in with goals. So you can sometimes put a little bit too much emphasis in the modern game based upon the sort of football you used to watch and go, well, strikers are there to score goals. And they are to a certain extent, but they're also there to bring other people into the game and to enable their midfielders to score these days. Well, you also, exactly. you know, you've got Scott Dan scoring goals as well. So <laughs> yeah, goal machine. Up. Well, that Swansea thing, though, is for the pessimist amongst us. Is that... Or as we call him, me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Either of you two. Start of the season, Swansea were one of the teams that Mourinho... He talked about Swansea and Palace being the teams that could beat anyone in that division. Swansea, I think we would have all said, are as well established a Premier League team as you could get, and then suddenly that's how quick it takes for it to go pear shaped. Yeah. So that's why we should always need to be really careful about saying out loud about becoming an established Premier League team because you simply wouldn't have predicted that happening. I mean, they look like a team that were really happy with themselves. Mm. Gary Monk was being talked about, English, next England manager. He's bought all these we new. We were emulating, we were emulating Swansea. He's, bought, he's bought all these new training ground methods in, and then suddenly. It's a shame they could have waited. But after as you said at the start of the pod, it's December now. We're sick from the uh, table. It, 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 We're way yeah, past the point yeah, of you know. Albeit only one point ahead of thirteenth from the uh, table, but still, true, but, but still, you know, yeah. and same with Leicester being top. Like yeah. suddenly you're getting to a point. If you get to January and we're still in the top six, and Leicester yeah. still in top four, you're at a point where actually think things can be different. Well, also unlike Leicester, you would argue because Leicester finally is like <coughs> somehow Leicester always seem to be playing teams in the bottom six. I don't know how it works. But, but 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 in January, December January, Leicester have got over it, and then now that we've come through a really difficult spell of games, and we've got games that you would you would think we'd be looking to take. I think we've come through our hardest point, our hardest you, run already. You, yes, yeah, so you would think you would think so. So, and I know it's, it's really interesting that Pardew kept saying we're, we're six, which is brilliant, with a home game to come, which is kind of. Yeah, they're given our home form that's well, no, no guarantee of a win there at you, all you know what it is it's like you, be, you become a sort of professional party watcher didn't you because he's so it's like Andy <laughs> says you can't take that look off your face <laughs> you you're in your 30s now but because you never the one thing you seem to get from party is he never says anything without a reason there's always seems to be some kind of symbolism or metaphor mm. or meaning to what he says so you kind of think what's you know what's that what does that mean with six with a home game coming up but it's like say Swansea I'm sorry to say that going on it's old, but you just have to enjoy what we've got at the moment and it's, start, it's, it's getting to that stage where <coughs> we kept saying oh we'll get there's, there's a hammering coming on and you go, I don't think there is anymore I, I wasn't think. sorry to hear that Gary Monk got sent I thought he was a sanctimonious south-east <laughs> yeah, do you know why that is don't you 
because he looks like you a little bit. <laughs> he's got the same colour hair. Same haircut, really. <laughs> his his colour hair seems to stay the same for more than two weeks running, which is interesting. But it is also, <laughs> from a purely pessimistic which point is, of view... It's a risky, risky proposition for Mermaid with grey receding hair, I know, but, you know. <laughs> so I'm on this side of the table and not on that side. Um, but, yeah, because there's no light shining down <laughs> your head, yeah. Um, <laughs> it is also, though, another team not doing as well as us. You know, yeah, we're still looking down sometimes down the bottom. Three teams do not as well as us yeah. stay up. Well, there so. are 86 of them in the country, Chaney. Yeah. In the Premier League. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah. I think, I mean, no, it's, it's, I don't care. Newcastle could win. Newcastle are not going to win five more games than we are this season. Yeah. Unless. Well, we just want to get to 40 points, don't we, if we're yeah, honest about I don't it, think, you know. to be honest, I don't think you need that. But by the end of January, early February, we should have that and then see what happens. But, and that. It probably will feel weird, and then there might be a question of. I know it's odd because every manager says that there might be a motivation job to do after we get to forty points because then you kind of go, well, we're not going to get Champions League. How do well, you it kind of happened last season, didn't it? When we yeah, got, that's when, true. We, towards the end, we, yeah. we had that little bad yeah. run of a sort of five games, I think, yeah. on the spin mm. where we didn't win. Like effectively after Hull at home yeah. and West Brom at home, yeah, where we were quite poor yeah. really towards the end of the season, and you know, it might happen again. Um, and also, the other thing that's really interesting looking at the league table is how few draws we've had. Mm. We've actually, I think, apart from Leicester and Man City, we've I think we've won more games than Arsenal and Man United. It's just they've drawn more than we have. I don't know about that. They've I know lost few, they've lost, they may have lost fewer than us, but I think we've actually won. Mm. Because we've, I mean, it's one seven drawn six, uh, one seven lost six. I think Arsenal were one six drew a lot more than. We I know had to away it. from home we picked up the most points uh, other than Arsenal, other than Arsenal yeah. in 2015, and we've also been behind for 119 minutes or something this season, which is by far and away the best of any yeah, team this season. Which indicates, I think, also more that we've let in quite a lot of. I'm trying to work out how that works. Late, so we've we've been behind the least. The so we've, we've let summer. we've let in quite a lot of late goals. So we're normally well. winning. So we're normally either winning or drawing or losing. Oh no, I see what you mean. So we're not losing that often. <coughs> essentially, we're no, not we've behind. Lost as, we've lost as many as we've. We've lost won. a lot of games. Yeah. A lot of them. Are, I think that stat indicates a lot of them are quite late well, games. But Andy's, still, yeah, like Andy's but that's still quite a positive stat, isn't it? That we're not going behind that often. Although when we do go behind, we do tend to lose games. Um, 119. That's just numbers now. Okay. Basically, it's a good stat. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, it's good. Yeah, if you tell me it's, it's a good stat. thing, oh, yeah, it's great. It's, it's great. good. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of defence, then how about? Um, uh, Wayne Hennessy in goal on uh, Monday night uh, pulled off a fantastic save from Cleverly with a good tip over the bar. Um, it's kind of gone unnoticed, but is he now our number one? Well, I think he was. He's been for, yeah. for a few weeks, really. I mean, start of the season we're talking about keepers and stuff, and now it's just. Like, I, don't, I don't see McCarthy displaced him anytime soon because no. he's not done anything as sort of clearly and manifestly wrong as McCarthy did if we're completely honest I've, I've, I've mentioned it on the pod that I think he's made mistakes that haven't been punished and he's done that a few times and, positioning and it, starting it, well, it's, it's, it's completely true feet, which way his feet point yeah. well, as, as, as uh, Kevin's mate uh, Gaz in the course has said Kev says uh, oh he's straight he, he keeps on winching about uh Hennessy's starting position he goes what's he talking about starting position is goalkeeper the yeah, stupid yeah. wanker I was like alright fair enough <laughs> fair point but, yeah. But, yeah. got a round of applause well yeah, yeah, yeah. Must be maybe for the second bit yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean it, it, even on, on Monday I thought there were times where he didn't really command his six yard box all that brilliantly but then again he pulls off an absolutely fantastic save from Cleverly which you know wins Palace a point ultimately so I well, d- also I think you uh, 
as we're in stats mode, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I think you, you always hear managers and coaches there talking about the back five, and they look they look comfortable with him. And the fact I think that we've conceded the, either the fewest or the second fewest amount of goals from set pieces indicates that something is right in our defending, and the keepers obviously part of that. And I think I think as well I know that's brilliant stat about the amount of shots, there, but you, you kind of he's not brought under pressure that. That off. There aren't. There haven't been that many spells in games when we've been getting battered mm. to the extent that he's been the final resort because our defence has been so well organised and so. When well we do get battered, the defence still deals with it. Yeah, it's it's not like there's so many games where Julian, he's the only man who could be the only player of the season because there were games when he just kept mm. us in it. Simple as that. Like the saves against Chelsea at home, for example, which our defence couldn't cope and <coughs> keeps us in with miraculous saves and. Touchwood, we're in a situation where Hennessy isn't called upon that often to to, to do that, or we restrict a team to long range shots, which you can deal with relatively easy. But the the answer to the question is, yeah, it clearly is our number one. There's no, hmm. I don't think he'll be looking for a keeper in the in the winter break. It's clearly, he's obviously the number one goalkeeper now. It's still, I mean, it's still, we never quite got to the bottom of why he bought McCarthy in the first place, but. It seemed a strange one, but and he might be a keeper for the future. But at the moment, Hennis is quite clearly our keeper. He's still re- relatively young as well, so I think he's. I still don't rate him all that highly. If I'm completely honest, but I think I think it's he's odd. Doing with, right though, isn't I he? think it's odd with Hennessy because he he doesn't stand out the way other players. He's a competent Premier League goalkeeper, and I think there's still some people who kind of associate him with Pulis a little bit. He's like he's big, strong, but he's, he's a good goalkeeper. He's a pretty, you know, he's, he's he's an international keeper. He's, he's always their first choice. So is Alex Kalinko? No, no, fair enough. I know that. <laughs> but I don't think. I'm, I'm sure a goalkeeping expert like you, Street, he can pick out. It's like Street. Yeah, I know you are the Len Goodman of goalkeeping, and you can pick. You know, sometimes his heel, his heel positioning can be too. I call myself the British club. But I don't, think, I don't think there's anybody worried about. But actually, about interesting you say that no about. Point. In, in the way that we were with McCarthy, because. He, McCarthy gave the chances away. I don't think he's a weak yeah. link by any stretch of the imagination. I just, I, he's it, not a dehaired. You're right. No, I mean, no. I, I, yeah, I, I, it just, I, I'm sometimes a little bit disappointed that someone who is physically as imposing as him doesn't impose himself upon his own box and doesn't claim as many crosses as I think he sometimes should do, and that he sometimes does look a little bit like he's stuck in the decision. But, and that seems incredibly church after he's pulled off oh, an, a genuinely worldly, world-class yeah, save. But, but, but then also, the other Fair thing is, is you don't know what is inst- you don't know whether it might be that he's, the centre backs have given yeah. clear and we have centre backs to, to do, deal, to deal it, with it. It might be the Pardew's told him don't don't come on. You don't. And you remember it took. It's only really in the last two years that Julian came off his line. I mean, that was always a massive weakness for Julian mm. commanding his box. And the fact is, it's, he's not he's not a flamboyant kid, but he doesn't stand out because he he hasn't needed to. Really, I think so. It's funny you say that. I don't think there's any need for criticism. Doesn't it's it start. feel like you were saying he's a competent keeper? It feels like at the moment in our squad, we've got a lot of competent top flight players. You know, Dan, Damo, McCarthy. Dan's more than. Yeah, okay, Dan's more. But McCarthy it feels like our score is just. That is actually a really good word I'd use for Palace right now. Competent, very competent. I, yeah, the, in the, top last, flight football. the last two seasons, the first season we stayed up, especially, and we've said this before, it was like a cup run. It was like a championship team that went on a really good cup run. And just about deserved to be in that league. Last season, not so much. The quality of the players were better, but we still didn't look like a Premier League football team week in, week out. And now, I don't think there's any position where you wouldn't say they aren't Premier League quality footballers. And 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 to say that about Delaney of all people is is amazing because we say it every week it's amazing that he's. We thought, yeah, one game great. 
let him say he played in the Premier League, but there's no one you can't pick it. There's no one that you doesn't you don't think is here on Mary. And what's really interesting as well is I got into a long conversation with a lad in an office yesterday. Who just like just wanted to talk about he's a, a Bradford fan. Just wanted to talk about whether I thought Balassi was a hard was better. It's like they people are talking about us, and there's no. Even even Suarez when he first played, you kind of went, oh, I'm not sure, but he looks like a Premier League defender. And, lots, mm. and the, the exciting thing is that we're probably going to add to that. <clears throat> and and on the bench, yeah, we got we got players to come in who look like yeah, maybe Wickham needs to prove it a bit more. I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah, I think that Hennessy's not an issue. We're I making think, that so. progress though. Each as you just said to Sen, yeah. each season we're clearly making progress on the pitch like we're, we're becoming more and more established each season assuming we don't go down I know it's making it more and more <laughs> difficult for me to criticise <laughs> frankly I'm going to have to resign it makes, it makes the, the pod harder more difficult with, yeah it does the cup, and the cup draw was frankly ludicrous and fixed let's face it so we can talk about that <laughs> yeah, and then of course well let's talk about the drama because it's inevitably Pardew's going to have to manage losing players that are in the team now that won't be when we get new players in but also the other thing as well is it's not if if we were if we were six and Pulis was still manager, the podcast would probably be four hours long while we moaned about the sort of football we played. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be overachieving, as yeah, well. and we'd be wor- and, come back tiny. We'd, and we'd be wondering why we <laughs> don't come back. Yeah, we'd be wondering why we can't sell season tickets. But we're actually we're playing some really good football as well. We're playing. You yeah. know, you, you actually look forward to going out to home games now. There's how many? It's been so many seasons in the past where we've had to prize ourselves out of the Porsons. Because you know, because you, you know, how many games we just go, oh, it's not, we know it's going to happen, it's going to be, you know, usually 19 in a season, I yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you actually look forward to going, you actually look forward to going to games now because we are trying to play football all the, all the time, we're progressing, yeah. we are, yeah. good, and we're going to progress from part one into part Whoa, two. I just knew that was that, yeah, it's so seamless. seamless. You can tell he's got an agent now, can't 159 you? pods later, yeah, so he's got a pod agent, yeah, pod agent. So yeah, I'm looking at other pods. If any other pods want to employ me, then uh, I'm very cheap. That's P45. Right. We're going to, in part two. cold back. Sorry. In part two, we've got questions from our listeners. Um, so, see you in a bit. <laughs> Hello, this is welcome back to the Five Year Pan Podcast. Hey. Hey. Pod 159. Ah, that reminds me of one of my favourite ever pod moments. JD opening the Christmas pod of 2012 going, Ho ho ho, listeners. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a few in a few weeks' time. So we'll see if I can recreate that moment. Uh, I won't. Because <laughs> no one wants to hear that. Um, we are sponsored by Vector Printing for your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with her. Can I do Christmas jumpers? Christmas with a K now, can I do Christmas can jumpers can do, oh good point can do Christmas with a K I'm sure they can yeah. okay. I'm speaking on behalf of them now but yes let's say okay. they can um, and we're also sponsored by JCIS the global research and brand consultancy from South London owned by a Palace fan as well go oh. to jc-is.com that's JCIS with a com there you go good I thought Babe. I'd try that and that was, was 2012 kind of the year we thought we'd do the Christmas pod with an audience live the live one yeah uh, well we had to cut out half the pod because it was like just it, yeah. the most farcical pod we've ever done <laughs> yeah wasn't great was it wasn't the best idea was it no but um, you know we, we live and learn it was better than the one that we had Jednak on where we cut the bit out where we were throwing bottles and stuff yeah yeah that was a bit weird yeah. anyway moving on to the questions <laughs> from yeah. our listeners this week let's have a Neil the Fish special 
I mean, we could do. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just don't think we get much that would be broadcast. <laughs> we have a cut a lot of it. Um, right, first question this week comes from Peter Hostackney. Oh, hi, hi Peter. Peter. He's a regular for for sending in questions, and he says, "I've never heard that name before." You definitely no, have. It, definitely, he's definitely I a regular. Remember Hostackney is a name, surely? It's a strong name. It's a I very don't remember name. either. Yeah. Well, we will Behind look Peter. back at other pods later. Um, his listen, question... Listen, oh, we could listen, listen back to him. Listen. Hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. Yeah, First time caller. Lovely. <laughs> he says, uh, was Everton's performance the best of any opponents we've played against this season? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I, having not seen the whole game, I, I, it seems to, they look very good on the highlights package, definitely, but... Oh, um, they were very I good. Would, I, would, I would say possibly so, actually. Yeah. I mean, you got to bear in mind that they, they, I mean, they did have Lukaku is brilliant. Let's let's get that caveat in first. He, yeah. he is one of the best strikers in the Premier League. But even in spite of that, he is in a hot streak for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably contributed to it. Um, they are an incredibly good side. I mean, you, you think about who we played so far this season. It's been better. Arsenal were very good against us, but then again, I think they've realised now that they've only got to turn up and they will be good and we will be bad against them by yeah. default because it seems to now be the natural state of things. Yeah. And they'll always score two, goal, they two goals. They will always score two goals. You know, they can have been Spurs in the worst were, run. Spurs were good against us. Um, I thought at White Hart Lane. Yeah, and, and, and having a good season. Well, Spurs fans say that was one of the best performances of the season. I think they were very good. They lost one 0 They were very good. City weren't that good. City yeah. weren't that good. Yeah. 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 United were terrible. United yeah. we should have beaten Chelsea. We've beaten already. Yeah. Liverpool we've beaten. I think Everton probably are possibly yeah. one good. of the best. And also, yeah, hats off to their support as well, which is really good. And uh, I like they're one of those clubs. Yeah, let's face it. We, if we were born in Liverpool, then we would support Everton. Yeah, we wouldn't have picked the successful team or the consistently successful team. No, true. And I, I just think Everton never quite get the praise they deserve. They've, you know, they always try and play attacking football. They've he's got built, really good he's support. He's built a very good team. Though, yeah, well. oh, clearly. You know, yeah. they're, they're sometimes yeah, yeah. Barkley, I mean, defensive and naive. But Bartley's a great player. Yeah, well, yeah. Delefeu, Lukaku. And they're, they're Stones, you know, it's, there's a spine yeah, of a very good team very good. there. Stones yeah. is a great pair. And, yeah. yeah, when they've got good players to come back, like Coleman. Even the likes of Barry and McCarthy and midfield, yeah. they're very well, good. Well, Barry's a fouling bastard yeah, who yeah. should have <laughs> given away a penalty. But they're good players. McCarthy's a very good player as well. Which one, which, which one was that? Which decision? Well, when he pulled, pulled back to Jenner. I didn't see that. I haven't seen the highlights. Oh, it's absolutely the most blatant penalty you will ever see. Really? Like, oh, yeah, his, his shirt was stretched off like that. It was like Stretch Armstrong. It was like <laughs> 18 yards away, his shirt. But show, it shows the strength of Jedi as well because he gets. He's already in the box, but he gets about four yards before he. I don't even remember that. The only ones I remember oh, is yeah, Kabai, no. Kabai possibly getting tripped by Stones, or apparently got the ball, and then much but later much, on. Well, got funny because Pardew kept on going on about the much one, but the only one they showed, like literally. A day and a half later, Sky was still showing the, the shirt. Pull I don't really yeah, remember yeah. that. But I was down the front, and there was a, like, I was so I was row three, the front row, right. and you couldn't even see the front right. goal. So, but yeah, somebody else actually goes somebody, to the matches. Yeah, yeah. Somebody. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. Was where ex, you know somebody like Gale might have gone down theatrically because you know strikers always say, "Well, you have to go down and yeah. let the referee know." But if the referee can't see that there and then again other people go well it's, it goes on all the time in the box but not like that he's nearly had his shirt off his back I mean, let's, but let's, Jedi's not going to go down the thing is no. let's be honest about this it, it wasn't an unfair result, result by any stretch of the imagination I yeah. didn't you know, make it an unfair result but but Craig Pawson is a terrible referee <laughs> he's borderline yeah. incompetent it's not the first time we've encountered him I feel like that. we've said that a lot this week this, yeah, this year Craig, on podcast Craig, Craig, what, Craig, Craig Pawson? no no, no any no, referee Craig no Craig Pawson is particularly bad well I think we should change the name of the pub then 
<laughs> yeah, we name the pub after. I completely disagree. I think yeah. we should the change Graham, the name of the, the Craig Graham Paulson. Arms. Yeah. Well, no, we'll have to call him Craig. Uh, no, it's, it's Craig. We'll have to now call him Craig Clifton or something yeah. like that to, <laughs> to, to be more befitting. Craig Cherry Trees. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. He's yeah. Now <laughs> Craig, <laughs> Craig, Craig <laughs> Railway Club. But it's an interesting question as well because having accepted that Everton are one of the best teams we played this season, that makes it an even yeah better result. Yeah, yeah. Good question. Okay, good question. Yeah, very uh, good question. The next question. JD swigs on the stage. So unprofessional. Send more questions in. So we've not heard from him before. He is Peter. I'm sure you, you're a regular. How can you two a drink? I'm, I'm slightly mystified by the fact that for the yeah. rest of this, you're touching me under the table now, Street. So you've both, <laughs> you've both been drinking all day, obviously. For the last three we met, months, it's we been... met for a pre-pod pint. Oh right, or okay. Two, or two. It's been peppermint tea for the last three months, and now not anymore. You've gone. Not that I've moved out of London now. It's off the leash. <laughs> <laughs> Miranda away. Next question comes from <laughs> Robert Smith. Hi, Robert. Oh, it's Rob. It's Rob, yeah. It's Rob. Very nice guy. Does that very explain nice why guy. you keep having to move your head back to see the questions on your right? Uh, Robert says... Uh, Where did you have the drink then? Why wasn't I invited? You, well, weren't, you, you weren't available until 8 o'clock. Because you, you don't such. move from a 50-yard radius of your house, <laughs> I assumed, on the basis of a court order. I was... At w- <laughs> <laughs> it's been lifted, that one. I was well, I broke my neck to come back for eight o'clock. She said, "Be a, and then you we, two we turned up having fun." Yeah, <laughs> and the Tulse Hill Railway. Oh yeah. lord, you pair of livers. Very nice, very nice. Oh, it's very hip now. Other pubs. Oh, no, it's horrible, isn't it, around this. Other pubs so, are available. It's great. You get craft yeah. beer and focaccia. Right, Robert. <laughs> Don't let my son hear you say that. Smith <laughs> says, "Hi, Robert. Hey, Rob. Hi, Rob. Uh, very nice guy." Says, uh, "Will Scott Dan end the season as top goal scorer? He's not. He's only, he's only one behind." He's got three, and our top scorers, Kabai and Bassi, have got four. It's not a bad shout. It's interesting because they're not, they don't look like training ground moves, do they? They just seem like corners. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, it's another one seeing it on the highlights that I thought initially would get, was, was a foul. It's like, as the, guy, the one at Liverpool, I thought other referees may have given that a foul. He, he, but he wasn't. He was just strong, and hmm. they swing it in, he's committed. But he I, seems I, to, like, with. with he he's so direct with those corners. He's, you get it in. He's almost like I'm just going to win so his head up regardless. But, but, no one's going to get in my way. But also, you would presume that uh, you know what will happen is that hopefully Delaney will start scoring because they'll double team. Oh, you've had a drink. Oh, they'll mark, you they'll can't double, say that on this. They'll, mark, they'll double mark him. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm not used to being two drinks behind the kids. But uh, <laughs> good name it, for a It's band. possible we could he could do, but it's um, it, it's interesting because they're not. As I say, they're not. But we are th- we are a threat from corners. We've we've I, I don't yeah. know the stats. Well, Andy's our stat man, but, but we've scored a lot of goals from set oh. pieces more more than other teams. I don't know. I, I wish you hadn't asked me that yeah. off the top of my head. <laughs> now it's interesting because like you, you look at a lot of the sort of analytics guys and so forth on Twitter and on, on the net and stuff like that, and they all tend to say that a chance like Dan's is not a genuine clear-cut chance in, in terms of how they would usually weight such things and mm. how they usually look at the, their sort of expected goals type models because they say, you know, you shouldn't be expecting to get ahead of a well-organised defence yeah, yeah, at a yeah. set piece like that. You shouldn't be expecting then to win the header. You shouldn't then be expecting to put it on target and uh, pass the good goalkeeper. But every time we take a corner now, and I know there haven't been that many, and perhaps it's like a whole sort of cognitive bias thing. But every time you kind of expect Dan to come in and meet it, you kind of expect him to well, actually except, get it on except, target well, when he does. Except only two weeks ago, the Sunderland game, I don't think we hit a dead ball right the whole game, did we? But That was an off day. It was a yeah. real off day, wasn't it? Well, I think the, the difference is that under Pulis, 
set piece was pretty much the only way we were going to score anyway and we played we got the ball in the, the final third as quickly as possible in the hope to get either free kicks or corners and now we don't do that but we have that bonus that we do look like we're dangerous from mm. but I'm, I am intrigued by it because you'd be disappointed if it was the other way around if, if we conceded a corner just from out their centre back out jumping our centre back from still quite some way out and beating the keeper you'd go well that's something quite wrong there but I felt the other day someone it. someone said that we've conceded the least amount of goals from set pieces or one of the least. We've like conceded, I think, the second least we've conceded. So we're and we scored strong. the second most. Yeah, exactly. Is that the same guy in the Paulsons who said that there's a million <laughs> quid in cash buried under Sainsbury's? <laughs> and the one who said we're 170. No, it's not Sainsbury's, it's Morrison's. Isn't it? Oh, sorry, Morrison's. That's why they're closing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's not Sainsbury's, it's the place next door to it. It was where they, well, made, uh, it's where uh, they made the. Pound bucket. No, no, the, it's, it used to be the MI5's car park, apparently. Oh, yeah. During the war. During the war. Uh, next to Sainsbury's is a big it was the place where they built they made the dinghies for bombers you actually make this up no no that's true it was Cow Pollock I've never Cal, heard this it was called Cal, Sainsbury's straight on my road it's now Wasteland it was called it was a factory called Cow Polymers and it was targeted by the Germans they made all the dinghies for the war effort was for, in Streatham partly yeah they yeah. made all the bombers all the dinghies for bombers and then it became by local tradition MI5's car park I, I, I presume my father are not doing that good a job because if everyone locally knows it's if they go yes, <laughs> what's that secret place here I say my father's car park I think yeah. yeah you see a gold Aston Martin drive out but um, anyway back to Scott, back to Scott <laughs> and Dan but is that the same bloke who did the we were only behind in 119 possibly minutes of, yeah possibly yeah. Um, I hear things, man. It's normally you. But. If we're not getting, if 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 we haven't got strikers that are getting us twenty goals a season, then the goals have to come from somewhere. And else. he's come and close. There was a home. I think it was United where he had one. Yeah. Had one past the post in the yeah, last yeah, minute. Yeah. Like he, he's not just the goal. He's come close. Yeah, but yeah. also, um, uh, should we also give a bit of praise to Punchin, who got the assist, the delivery. Yeah, yeah. And I thought had a particularly not a great game on Monday night, but apparently he had the most key passes. Of any player on the pitch, wow. so punch and still and got the assist. So even when he's not having a great game, still can be someone who can be a match. But it's kind of one of those yeah. sort of self-fulfilling things, right? That people prophecy, now yeah. have decided that they, <coughs> well, not ne- not even just prophecies, but like uh, basically analyses. Like people have decided that punching isn't playing well. We've even said on the pod that they're they're looking more for his mistakes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that when he then point. actually does yeah. stuff right, but like, he actually uses the ball very well, doesn't well, he? Yeah. I, I, I didn't, you know, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think he had a phenomenal game on on Monday night by any stretch of the imagination. But like, there were people because they're now looking for him <coughs> because the whole sort of conventional wisdom thing has become that he's out form. They're kind of looking for the fact that he's not going to play well. But it's also because think, pick up on the bad passes the big, more. The big question about Scott Dan is whether he'll get in the England squad by the end of this year. If he continues the way he's playing, he I has to he, get. In. I think he has to get. A ch- I can't believe that there isn't more of a. I mean Dan and Stones together how old is Scott Dan he's still only 29 20 20 28 I don't know don't know no idea but he's a Andy is googling it but he's the perfect mix of sort of old fashioned centre back and modern footballing centre back yeah. he's got both he can yeah. do both like John Stones can do he can play but he's physical and yeah, can do yeah, the yeah, air exactly. and stuff and, and stuff. you know the future of international football I thought Stones was, that, Stones was really good on Monday Stones, I mean Stones is a a quality player yeah he's got 28 which really right. upsets me because I always like I, I, I tend to always assume that less players are 18 that, yeah. that they're older than me <laughs> don't no. know why I do that we've gone past well, that if you remember when, when Pulis brought him in no one was that excited when Pulis brought him in from Blackpool we got him so cheap I know but so still it, 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 we weren't going oh great brilliant. we're more excited about Tom Ince yeah, yeah. coming in 
But Jan deserves to be in the England squad. And I mean, there's lots oh, of talk definitely. about apparently Hodgson's willing to give Zahara a second chance, but Scott Dan deserves a first yeah. chance. Oh, without definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of defenders, yeah. the yeah. next question comes from Peter Redman. Oh, hi, hi Peter. Peter. And he says, um, Mr. Sutherland, which I think is a reference to, to Rob, who has hosted the pod uh, a few times, uh, in an article. Was he? Um, he's, the pod, he's basically the, the, posh the, more, guy. the more articulate posh one. The really oh, posh guy. The, posh, so the so really posh guy. The, the posh, posh Scottish one. Posh Scottish one. Yeah, yeah. We've got the, like, the, the posh Edinburgh one, then we've got the posh yeah, yeah, Scottish yeah. one. I'm not that posh. I'm not that he's posh. He's in Cheshire, man. I'm Cheshire, man. You went there, man. You're posh. You're posh. I'm not posh. No, you're not posh. You're definitely not posh. Right. You're not as posh. That's the beer talking. Right, so Rob wrote an article for... Right. Right. No, he writes and does pods. He's clever, isn't he? Right. Rob wrote an article for the on, for online where he said that uh, Damien Delaney was one of our best defenders ever. So Peter has asked us, "What is your all-time top back four? I I I'm not sure David Delaney is one of our best. It's one of our best stories ever. Yeah, it's a great story. It's, it's a, a good story. She has something to. But anyway, you're back. You're, you're top back I, four. Well, I, I suppose if you were to be scientific about it, our our back four now, if you put them in any Palace team, you know, 10, 20 years ago, would be from out. They'd be brilliant. But I, I. But the whole team would. Well, wow, that's that, a really that's a really good question. I, well, I'll ooh, I'll talk for an older generation then. Okay. <laughs> back four. Uh, Kenny Sampson. Yep. Would have to be left back. Yeah. Jim Cannon. Oh, Eric, Eric, probably Eric. But again, maybe that's more for sort of cult status than... Over Andy Thorne? Yeah, oh yeah, I think as a defender, I think Eric Young. Uh, but Billy Gilbert, I love Billy Gilbert as well. And... Oh, Paddy Mulligan, possibly, Paul Hinchwood. Yeah. He makes out that he's only just found out about this question when he No, no, we just no, I sexed him three hours ago. No, that's fine. I would have, I would have, I know, that's, that's acting, boy. That's, that's the secret of yeah, you, You're pretending you're that. Just it's, off the top of my head. No, it's really, well, because I remember Mulligan made his debut when he came from on a Tuesday night, I think it was. <laughs> Mulligan, Mulligan also scored two goals against Man United. United yeah, so okay. well, but again, David Payne, that's a really, that's a really good question. Can I offer you my mine my my back four because I'm I'm set on my back four. Okay. Right. Uh, but again, like you, uh, I think a back four best ever back four best four team should well, be on who you've seen play. Oh no, that's no absolutely. It's got to be so mine would be uh, right back Mark Edworthy, who Whoa. didn't play for us only a couple of years. Best back four, Shaney. Best not, back, not he won player back of the year. He won player of the year in 1998. And Andy Linegan wants one player of the year. Andy Linegan was good. Andy, he my, was all right. Is my, no, he's not really that bad. He was no Mickey Drury, but you know. Yeah. Mark Edward the right back very good uh, attacking right back and had a great 90s hair um, John, Damien, John Humphrey was better than yeah. Damien Delaney I'm going to put Damo in there He's he's been fantastic for us uh, coming up from the championship and in Premier League and the yeah. story is great um, my other centre back is going to be Chris Coleman <clears throat> oh yeah very very good for us very oh, good player I forgot Gareth as well and left back for me is Ashley Cole who I know didn't play that much for us but we haven't since I've been watching Palace. We haven't actually had that many. Oh, oh I guess Dean Gordon. Well, no, you've got well, people on now, really. But I don't see how you can have Delaney in there and not Dan. Because Dan is a Dan's a better Dan's a Dan's a 
technically a better defender, but until he comes on the podcast, he's dead to me. Damo, just just something about the way he plays, the the fact that he's constantly proving himself to all of us and proving us wrong, and the story, like you said earlier. They, for me, Damon makes it in, but then I'm, I'm a romantic. You know, that, that's that's how I watch football. Well, he has had a drink, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, that's worrying. Do you know what? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Ashley Cole. Cole. Ashley Cole. To be fair, Ashley Cole was good. He, well, he did stand and out and scored the, time. the goal that pre- yeah, yeah. pretty much he, Ashley Cole did stand out at the time. I, Mark Edworthy, I just can't go. I mean, that's just he was fantastic, yeah. brilliant, he, brilliant he, right he, back. Not a brilliant. Yeah, he wasn't brilliant in my lifetime. Is, is definitely one of the best right They must have had some really strong Ritalin and bloody Eden Ridge, I'll tell you that, because yeah. Mark Edwards. Go on then, Andy. Well, I'm a little bit stuck now because basically you two have taken the two good left backs from the last 40 year period of Palace. Dean Gordon is still up for grabs. And Dean, Dino is a great, great left back. I, I, I feel like I, I'm stuck with Dean Gordon on nothing now, so I'm going to go with Dean Gordon, particularly given that uh, he seems like a nice chap. And that's obviously. Oh, well, so he's gone for here, you've gone for character. <laughs> I didn't know this was an option. Well, hair got, hair is way more important I'm than character. I'm not going with Dean Moxie, am I? Right, Dean Gordon. You used to love Dean Moxie. Oh, not that again. Seriously, we've, we've, we've come so far from those podcasts. And Can we Parsons, not go back to Parsons those? Parsons and... Yeah, what? one, the Scandinavian one. What, 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 Johnny Parr. Parr. Johnny Parr? You like Johnny Parr? No, we've come so far from those podcasts. Can, Can we right? not regret? Crikey. Oh, right, my centre-back yeah. partnership is... Wow. And, and bear in mind that they would probably oh. end up... Uh, circumventing the rest of the team just by passing between two of them Craig Moore and gonna, Scott Dan I was going to oh, put Craig Moore in I was going to put Craig Moore in but Craig, yeah. Moore. Craig Moore Craig is brilliant. a really good shout brilliant yeah that is a good shout but you've got two footballing centre-backs but Scott Dan is like the new Craig Moore because Craig Moore we liked him because he was a, a ball-playing centre-back Craig Moore you'd see far, far further up I mean Craig Moore was that's a really good he shout he was good Craig yeah. Moore. and who's your right back my right back is going to be I mean, realistically, over the period we've got, you've got Jamie Smith, who was terrible. Butterfield. Butterfield, who scored a hat-trick. Better at, yeah. uh, better at right mid. One in a playoff final for Palace. Uh, Joel Ward, who I think is overrated by Palace fans, but I do still love. Mm. Uh, Martin Kelly. I mean... John Humphrey. I'm going to have to go with <coughs> John, John Humphrey. Humphrey. He wasn't, he's, not in your, he's not in your era. John Humphrey's not in your he's era. He's in my era. No. But now I think he's it's in... all but Richard, you know, if you played five, Richard Shaw, who's the best man marker I've ever seen yeah. in Palace. Yeah. Gareth Southgate, you've got to put. Have to well, be, Southgate made more for us midfield, It's a great question. Valir and Ishmael. You can't. You're but not even Ishmael. We're, uh, we're Ishmael, ruling that one out. Hayden Ishmael Mullins. only became good afterwards. Oh, I love Mullins. Mullins. Mullins was great, but no, Mullins was better in a back three. Nicky Droy. Then right, I, right, okay. Who was your right back? Did you go Mulligan? Uh, Paddy Mulligan. Yeah, but I who have you got? So I've got Edworthy, Edworthy. Damo, Coleman, Cole. That's mine. Right, okay. Coleman's a good shout, I think. Andy Ford, I don't know who'd be. Oh, I'm back like. three of Ninja. <laughs> Ninja's going to provide the steal for me. Yeah. With uh, Dan and more either side yeah. it's going to be a, a mixture of steel and absolute class and who's your fullbacks then? don't need fullbacks in that system <laughs> <laughs> I have wingbacks they're, they're further up we don't need to worry okay. about them should we move on to another question yes but, uh, very good, a, good question yeah, fantastic good question I'd say the best question we've had this and we this, could do we could, yeah, like yeah, in the yeah, summer yeah. we could do a spin off on that yeah easily. that's brilliant uh, next question from Tommy Green hi Tommy. hi Tommy and he says would you agree that MacArthur has been more important and influential to the team than Kabai so far this season I mean the thing I do like about MacArthur is that he looks like he should be wearing Kappa tracksuit bottoms at all <laughs> times 
There's something about him, but equally, he just—he's fantastic. He's isn't fantastic. He? I love him. I love him to bits. Just the most mobile midfielder. I think you'll see in a long while. Yeah. Just and as an all-rounder, he's very... like seven or eight out of ten in everything yeah. he does. Yeah, yeah, and, and we did kind of complain about the money we spent on him when we bought him. But I, I think it's been money well spent. We, we? Us, yeah, none of us, none of us remember. None of us thought it was. None, a, of, none us? of us thought it was glamorous for that sort of money. But I—I think that's a good question and. I don't know, but I don't know how much Gabay is influential in making MacArthur yeah, a good player. I don't, I don't necessarily think if he took one away, that the other would be as good. Mm. So I, I think the answer is you want both of them. In the, their they're, strength they're, is their you want, combination. Basically, they've always got to be there. We know the back four. Yeah, we know the first two midfield names on the on the team sheet. Basically, and it, I think they just. I think we've all been, and again, it's been a subject we've talked about. We didn't think Kabai would be playing as the more defensive one but MacArthur's been for me even more of a revelation this year than before because yeah me too me too just creatively I think he's our player of the season so far we moaned we moaned when he first came about how defensive he was and how very few times he had a shot he had a shot at his first game from 25 yards and we all thought this is going to be good and he never did it again (laughs) But, but then you look at Newcastle, he's been adding goals. Oh no, he's, like, been, he's, he's just been, improving every week. His fitness levels and his energy yeah. are just through the roof. But again, that might be influenced by Kabay, you don't know. I think or, it probably or is. Just Pardew might be the difference, but MacArthur's been, he's been, one of many players that have been. But he's also machine, one of yeah. the one of the team, really, that we're all raving about, but no one outside is. Everyone's talking about Balassi and well, Kabay. Well, and having stuff. said that, there was one we see him every who week. said he was world class on Monday night. Who said that? One of the newspaper reports we said earlier. I think people are noticing him. Now he's not he's not a player like Pardew was when you or like Deschamps was, where he's just you know mm-hmm. he's just a hold carry. He's not. He's just got everything in his game now. And it's like and to have two players like that because Kabay. There's going to be games when Kabay just decides he's bored of defending and goes forward and does stuff. So, uh, it like, and it's interesting just mentioning those names you talked about from the past. It's not that long ago when we were arguing about Parr and Moxie, and now we're exactly, talking yeah. about Kabay and McCarthy. David Wright in midfield. Yeah, and now we're talking <laughs> about Kabay. Yeah, now we're talking <laughs> about Kabay and McCarthy. Yeah. Two of the, I think two of the best yeah. midfielders in the Premier League. But I mean, there's there's, yeah, there's a point yeah, there with Kabay. I think you know he, he came in, and I think a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, and you know I'm not going to make any judgment on that, thought that he would be this sort of creative force that was going to come yeah. in, score goals, I do did. everything I that would do this, do that. But because of that, even though he's he's doing a fantastic <clears> job <throat> week in week out, he demonstrates phenomenal ability on the ball every week, yeah, yeah. but in a deep position. I think there's that that whole sort of again cognitive bias thing that I was talking about where people kind of because they're expecting him to be doing a certain thing that he's not doing even though what he is doing is fantastic yeah. they mm. are kind of going well yeah but he's not you yeah, know, yeah. and overlooking what he is it, 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 yeah. we bought him for 15 million quid why is he not Lionel Messi yeah, like they expect yeah, yeah. him to pick up the ball deep yeah. run through 17 people blast in the top yeah, corner and then run off a bit like you and Hennessy then really well yeah pretty much but like Kevin oh, says I think he is actually having an influence over the rest of the team I, no, think, I, I think massively I think, I think from what you can gather from inside the interesting thing about MacArthur though is that Strachan still doesn't rate it's, for Scotland it's only recently he yeah. started playing he started playing yeah, yeah. Which is very interesting, but I yeah, MacArthur's a much. But I didn't. I thought MacArthur was going to be yeah, decent quality, half decent Premier League player that would be one of, you know, three or four that would be in and out for different games. But it's, and it's interesting as well that he's doing a lot more of the media work as well. I don't know if that mm. in, indicates that he's happier in his own skin. He's and, yeah, he's doing more interviews yeah. and he's very good on Twitter. He's it was he? nice. He does right. very sort of funny 
just seems like a very sort of personable, yeah. confident guy. He's doing like parody songs and stuff. Yeah. Not doing parody songs yet. But again, uh, if he can step up with a couple of, yeah. But then but you come back to that, you know, the, the, who's going to be the number 10 conversation. It makes... The back four's not changing. The keeper's not changing. Those midfield two are not changing. He's picking Wickham, I'd say, and Malassi yeah. every week. So that's that's going to be the interesting thing where how he works out with the other... Yeah. With those other... <coughs> well, I wanted to be Shamak, personally. How many, how many people I mentioned then? <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Right. <coughs> Final question then for this week comes from Pete Constantin... Constantin 2? Constantinou? Oh, Lord above. Jesus Christ. Pete, 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 can you wait, can you wait till they're sober? Constantinou. Constantinou, yeah. <laughs> anyway, here's a question. I, Pete, I apologise. Yeah, it's not, not Istanbul. JD is the Donald Trump, Trump of the pod in more than one way. so obvious. I've just it? lost a £20 bet in my head. <laughs> right. I bet, I bet myself 20 quid. You I would say, say that, Istanbul. yeah. I don't even know what the reference is from, but I heard I someone say it once, it. so I am referencing it. His question says, uh, is... Is... I'm going to have to put you two to bed soon, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> Pete's question. Is Gary Neville's appointment as Valencia manager pivotal to Pardew's future? Success for Neville would make him favour for England and would uh, downgrade Pardew as England manager? Well, that's a bloody good question. But equally, if you look on the converse, it, it gives Neville a very early opportunity to mess up, yeah. thereby sort of ruling himself out. If he's a, a complete disaster there, then you kind of think that they, they may have sort of plunged them in Jürgen Klinsmann style without any form of background and given them the job otherwise because they're the FA and that's kind of what they sometimes do with some coaching appointments but if he does mess up there and there's uh, an English Premier League manager who has higher capital in terms of how the press yes, they would favour sort of Neville over Pardew though big time I, I, I still think so yeah. I think it's really interesting I, why Neville's taken this job it's quite clear the FA are I was going to use the word grooming then, but that's Don't. pointless. Don't. It's quite clear that Gary Neville, the FA want Gary Neville to be England manager down the line somewhere. Having said that, they wanted Gareth Southgate a couple of years back to be England manager down the line somewhere. I can't have got one. Oh, well, he's yeah. losing tonight, isn't he, Gary Neville? Oh, OK. 2-0. But, um... <laughs> well That'll work well on the pod yeah, in two days' sorry. time. The, Seamlessly the, made. The, the England fan part of me thinks that <laughs> if you've got an England manager and he's got experience of managing abroad that's fantastic yeah. I don't think Pardew's I, I think it's obvious that Pardew is behaving himself on the touchline and he's acting with a great deal of restraint definitely because I think he feels that he's got a tarnished reputation in terms of his behaviour on the touchline and he needs to address that I just I think he also feels that now is a good chance for him to actually really put himself forward for England as well. He does want it. He does. I just think the way the FA works is like we've got an English manager at the moment. They're almost like Villa. They will just flip flop. It's almost bound to be a continental manager next time. Yeah. I just wonder how the rest of the country would view Pardew as England manager. Not favourably. It's it's like would you know you you look at the top. Yeah, you know, Allardyce is always moaning about England managers don't get the top four. If Pardew was to get the Liverpool Man United job. They wouldn't be excited. I, don't, no. I just can't. He wouldn't get it. I don't think. I don't think he would. I, in a way, what I want is for this to be his kind of last job, and that he stays with us and builds, doesn't get bored with us. You know, because his record, for various reasons, he seems to sort of run out of steam, become unpopular <coughs> after two or three years. So I, I think for his own, it's it's clear that he. I think it might be that we're getting the best out of him because he he yeah. feels this is his last chance to impress and become England manager 
and from what we've seen so far, he deserves. I mean, you'd love to see what he could do with a squad of really, really good players. I do but, think you know, this is. Yeah. I think this is the perfect job for him and the perfect manager for us. And I think he will hit a glass ceiling with us, and we might with him. And they're both pushing each Look, other to the absolute maximum. I think that England, England have appointed Roy Hodgson and Steve McLaren in the last yeah, ten-year period. Yeah, you know, these true. these are managers. Yeah, but they will be damaged from the McLaren. No, no, ne- neither of those guys yeah. had the pedigree in the Premier League. That McLaren, uh, uh, no, Hodgson did abroad. No, Hodgson <coughs> did abroad massively. Well, well, well that, that's why I kind of said in the Premier League. Yeah, but to Kevin's point. He had a very good reputation abroad. Well, no, but ne- neither of them ha- had at any point before they and still don't have the, the sort of track record that Pardew does in the Premier League. Yeah, that's they, 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 you know, went into that job and they were appointed into that. I, I, I don't see why, in the absence of the, the England setup taking the leap with either Southgate or Neville, that they wouldn't go for Pardew, apart from some of the defamatory stuff that Kevin <laughs> I think, sometimes I think says. He's not pop- I think he's not popular with, with people think- in the game. I think he's got a reputation for uh, <laughs> volatility, shall we say. But I think players love him, and I think he's got. I would love him to be England manager because I think he's got a mix of the old-fashioned sort of English you know, motivational skills plus proper tactical ability, and yeah. he changes. And I just think when you think England would probably finish fourth or fifth in the Premier League. Yeah, they probably I, would. So, yeah. if you judge, yeah, they if, would. If you, if you if say, that. if you if you judge, if you sort of that, you know, approach him as a, <coughs> would you be happy with him doing it alongside Palace? No, if that I was think, a thing, or I think he could possibly do it. You've got to be. He's no Kevin Keegan. He was no, the first last guy tried to. Last, you've got, yeah, you have to. You, know. you, you can't. You, you can manage Andorra part time, possibly, but you can't yeah. manage England. Right. The press simply wouldn't allow you to do it. But I think I'd certainly think Pardew wants the England job, and I think. We're benefiting from that. Yeah, I would massively, without a doubt. Massively, um, but I would hope that that's three or four years down the line because, yeah. as we have seen with Swansea, and, and again, let's we keep saying, let's not forget we are Palace. All it takes is for you know Roy Hodgson to decide he's had enough, Pardew to get the England job, and then. Yeah. Although I, actually, I think that's probably unfair, as I think we've reached the stage as a club where we would manage that transition better than we have done. We in probably the, would. We're attractive we have now. Done in the past. Or Keith yeah. would step in and just sort us out. Do you know what? I don't think per... that will happen next time. Yeah, I think. I think we've moved. I think we're a different club now, for better or worse. I'd... Maybe, maybe. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. For Let's... better or worse. Let's... Yeah, we're imagining scenarios that probably won't happen. Yeah, exactly. Let's wrap up part two there. Um, the... Brilliant questions this week, listeners. Very, very good indeed. <laughs> uh, let's move on to part three, where we go back in time for oh. on this day. <laughs> Um, so we will uh, see you in a bit. Got a semi drunk moment in time. To the Photo Plan Podcast. Hey. Pod 159, sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs, uh, whatever they may be. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with her. Okay. Well, print is where you arrange a large number of letters on a press and then we haven't got time we haven't got time for that Um, or you could also go to JCIS weirdest intro ever Uh, we're also sponsored of course by JCIS the global research and brand consultancy from South London visit jc-is.com good so uh, we're into uh, part three of our new feature which is on this day which uh, this week I'm going to extend to in this week Mm -hmm. 
uh, to give us a few more options. Oh, well, so, I mean, just expand it to in this year, yeah, yeah. Or in this decade, <laughs> in this or, week, or in this millennia. Yeah, that's why you're not hosting the podcast. Um, so in this, <laughs> in Does this he have week, a spirit as well. <laughs> join, join us as we go back. First time ever, he's got his spirit wow. in. Right. I hate you guys. Join us as we go back <laughs> in time. It's like in a kitten snap back, isn't it? Don't yeah. know what that means. Uh, right. We're going to first of all go back. Cap. Please stop talking. We are going to go back, first of all, uh, on our um, on our journey back in time, on in this week, to 1989. Oh, okay. Love so, 9th of December, 1989. Right. Palace played Manchester United at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. Anyone know what the score was that day? Was that when Palace last won before the Darren Ambrose win? Potentially, because the score was 2-1 to Bright. Crystal Palace. I think it was. Did Bright score them both? Bright got a brace. Yeah, I think it did. was. Fantastic, yeah. well done. It also marred Andy Thorne's debut for Palace. Yeah. Um, Street, you may, I don't wear, know. We wore the blue kit, as I remember. We haven't had a, we haven't had a blue away I, kit I think, since, possibly. I think that was our last win at Old Trafford before I the Darren Ambrose yeah, yeah, win. In 2011. In 2011. It's our only win at Old So almost two decades then. Since... Mm. So, yeah, cer- yeah, yeah. so certain, so almost certainly yeah. our last league win yeah. at Old Trafford. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Um, we also this week go back I in love time. How pleased he looks with himself. At oh, I, don't know, I feel I know. very pleased. Um, you know what he's pleased about? A brace from Bright is what he's pleased about. Yeah, yeah. Well, he had Mark- to take a run up to it as well, which he didn't see at home. Mark Bright, Mark Bright, un- underrated striker. Doesn't doesn't get. Well, you said this before. Doesn't get the. Um, doesn't get the. Don't look at Doesn't get the uh, praise he deserves from being. Basically, up front alongside Ian Wright. Least of all from podcast hosts. <laughs> no, Mark Bright was. Um, he, if he had any, he didn't have any pace. That was his problem. But he was a. I, I think he was. As, he was up there with Teddy Sheringham. Just didn't. Did he ever play for England? Yes. Yes, but in a in a B game. Did he get a full cap? It was a sort of strange. I don't. Suddenly, there was some way of finding out. Um, yeah, he was a very good. He was a very good striker. Do you know what's he's, nice about the current regime is he's back, obviously doing a, a consultancy role, doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, working with the looking uh, at academy the, players. The academy players. Yeah. Uh, Salako's back as well, coaching as yeah. well. Andy Woodburn's back uh, as yeah. keeper coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Terence Ford, who we mentioned earlier, yeah. um, said that an interesting point: the since John Salako's come back this year, we've seen real progress from Wilf and Yannick. Do you think that's Coincidence, or it's a really interesting uh, point, isn't I, it? I, I don't think it's coincidence. No, um, I think uh, John Salako is a very good coach from what I can gather. But also, I think Steve Paris deliberately wanted um, people from a similar background to Zahar, in particular, who could understand some of the specific issues that Zahar might be struggling with. And I think uh, Salako is a player that is clearly respected by. Uh, younger players at Palace and I think uh, Steve Parrish and I was in a rather quiet way have been uh, only too pleased to welcome ex-Palace players Mm. but I think they think it's important to bring people in who understand there isn't really a Palace ethos to buy into as such in terms of the way we play football but I think there is a community ethos that I think Steve Parrish wants as many of our staff as possible to reflect the social background that our club is in. And I think, you know, a lot of our... <coughs> when you've got a lot of young black lads in the academy, you need people around them that have come from a similar background and made, and made a success and overcome a lot of, uh, you know, 
a lot of difficulties to get where they were. So I think but it's also interesting that a lot of those players are coming from that 1990-91 team that was so yeah, successful. I think, a, I think there's a real... I think that's a team that represents the club more than anything else. I think there's clearly a bond between those between those players because that was a team of players, let's face it, none of them were outstanding. They all they all overachieved. I mean, that was a team that was just much more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. And, and I th- at the time, it was just it represented South London, and it was it was an unexpected success. Doesn't it feel like this current team is, is similar in that it, kind of way? A proper unit. No, it, it feels different. different. It feels different because they're not from the same cohesive. No, but in terms of that, more than some of its parts, proper team working it, together kind of thing. It it, it feels more. <coughs> not it feels less accidental now. If you see, I mean, it feels more professional. It feels more of a progression. Even at the time, you kind of. Ron Nodes and his obsession with money and wages, you kind of, you always knew that that was maybe 89, 90, was going to be a one-off, finishing third in the Division 1, you kind of thought was a massive achievement, but it wasn't one that you ever felt was going to be emulated and you kind of knew that our better players would go and we wouldn't bring players in. So that felt, it was possibly more exciting at the time because it felt, more, more special, more. It feels like now we're getting back to that kind of that excitement, doesn't it? It, it, it yes, but it's different. It's 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 different because it feels like this is planned and this is. It does feel like because like, everyone like, talks about that that team that, that ninety one like team. That, that 91, it felt like it existed in a in a vacuum. Yeah, you because know, we'd had yeah. the seventy nine eighty team, which was brilliant, but that was a product of a sort of planned youth system. Mm. That because of finances had kind of disappeared because you, you know you forget old, younger the eighties was a bleak time for Palace, so that and it took Steve Koppel four or five seasons to to meld that bunch. Of, you know Mark Bright couldn't get a, a, another club because he was he should have failed a medical basically. Right, he was picked up from a non league team. It was a team of misfits, so it didn't feel like it was a team that had been planned. But Steve Koppel got these people together. And they overachieved, but it, it always felt like it, it was going to stop. It felt like an accident. It didn't feel like it was as it now. It just feels like a a, a work in progress, but but brilliantly towards you know. Yeah. It, so it is exciting, as but much it's not and what we hoped it would be as well. Yeah, and also there was there were as I say because they were that team was from a lot of them were from around here and it was it was. <coughs> They were working. It was a proper. You know, it's, it's, I get quite cross sometimes. As people make so much fuss about Wimbledon, and yeah, we were like that, but better. We were just a better football team. We weren't a brilliant football team, and some of the football was great, but we were just as, you know, just as representative of our local areas. Wimbledon ever were. Yeah. It's just, I, I feel that they were kind of overlooked. And we got to a cup team. final. Yeah, just we did. Didn't we, win and, it. and you know, and took part in probably one of the best 45 minutes of football ever in uh, Villa Park. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we were an unloved team because Ron Nodes wasn't popular. In, and also you have to remember how unfashionable football was at the time as well. Football was going through, crowds were low, violence was high, had cages and fences and now it's, it feels totally different. we got different people in charge. Yeah. Can't remember what the question was. Me neither, but that was good. I that. Okay. <laughs> I thought if I talked long enough, it'd be like black, well, co- was, it'd be uh, like black coffee for you two. So we might be able to get you back was, in again. That was ninth of December, nineteen eighty nine. John Slarker, that was it. John Slarker, that's yeah. right. Yeah, no, no, but that team. But it's, it does feel like that team. There is a bond between that team, yeah. and, and now they're influencing the, the next generation. Uh, yes, absolutely, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're also going to go back to nineteen sixty two. 10th of December, yeah. 1962. I think I was there, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, two weeks into the job, and Palace, bottom of the table, new manager, Dick Graham. 
be of yourself straight. Fans, uh, you didn't face even say um, you know what? See, the thing about nineteen sixty-two, nobody happened. would have even smirked. Dick Graham said, "Dick Graham out loud." He faced a mini rebellion. Seem to think it's the funniest thing you've ever heard wow, in your it life. Is, it is twenty fifteen. Um, and his face- assistant manager, Leslie Pussy. Nobody said a word <laughs> about Leslie. Right, I'm going to crack on. I'm going to pursue, <laughs> push on. Um, faced a mini rebellion when a petition signed by thirteen senior players protesting his methods was handed to the board. The complaint was immediately rejected by the Sowers Park bosses, and they backed the Palace former former Palace goalkeeper to turn things around. Yeah. Different world back then. Oh, petition gate. Yeah. Petition yeah, gate. Yeah. Yeah, Imagine if they were still doing petitions now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thursday, the 11th of December, 1980. I was going through the whole lot. Yeah. <laughs> doing a few more. Like, oh, yeah, this no, is in this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Worst Jack and Ori episode yeah. ever. <laughs> um, but if, I mean, doing, so, if anyone out there is doing pointless and it, the question comes up, which, which current Premier League team had a petition-based revolt? Well, I mean, what, what was what were the what was the six two season involving like, Dick Dick Graham? I I refuse to go because somebody called Dick and <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, 19, we're going to go nineteen eighty for for the next one. <laughs> it's the worst Doctor uh, Who ever. I feel it? like this feature is dying already. Um, <laughs> no, the feature's great. It's just the way it's being presented. <laughs> uh, nineteen eighty. Thursday the 11th. <coughs> Luckily, no one's listening. On, tube, know, on tube trains all over central London. They're fast forwarding to the end. What? What's wrong with this? Dick Graham. Mike Yeah. There will be some listeners who, who will remember um, Dick Graham <laughs> <laughs> and the 1962 team and petition. Uh, we're going to go to 1980 for the next one. Palace, the Palace accounts revealed. By the way, I am reading these from the very good Crystal Palace on this day book by Neil McSteen, which is fantastic. Um, published in two thousand eight, needs to be updated because yeah, a lot yeah, has happened since then. There's a bit of there's a bit of filler. Quite a lot has happened. Uh, <laughs> anyway, are you, are you referring to the pod or <laughs> well both? Yeah. Uh, right, I'm going to uh, pursue 13 this. Thirteen name petition. There's something else must have happened that day, surely. Apparently not. Uh, that was literally the only thing that happened <laughs> on the ever in world history. Yeah, yeah. In Palace's history, so um, probably the only time that a Palace manager has faced a petition, I would assume. Or guess. Um, well, except Alan Pardew in the Grouch. Oh, no, never mind. <laughs> moving on to... The, 1980 was the next sunset. one. Uh, this, this, is, this is more your, more your era, Kevin. Uh, you to take all this out when you sober up in the morning. Right? Nope. And Thursday, the 11th of December, 1980. Uh, uh-huh. Palace, the Count, revealed they made more than £1 million from the Sainsbury store deal at Selhurst Park. Oh, that's, that's oh, interesting. Sainsbury's oh, yeah. still there today. Where did that money go? Yeah. He was... that, that, uh, apparently that deal was... Like, even 10 years, but that deal was like decades in the making before it actually went through. And wasn't it also like a 99-year deal, lease or something? Yes, because they have to be part of the new... Stadium. Whatever happens with that. So. And there's, well, they've, they've, they've seen the, it's going to be a bigger Sainsbury's in the corner, but it's some bizarre oversights by local because we own the roof of the Sainsbury's, but not the walls. It's all very odd, but there has to be a Sainsbury's. There has to be a Sainsbury's. There will be a Sainsbury's as part of the new stadium. Right. Okay. So that's that's a that's a given. Good. It's be okay. a and we also, I think we said this before, we own the cab office. And a bargain and the bucket. And a bargain bucket next yeah. to it, but not the cafe. It's really... Really? Well, yeah. they have how we ended up owning the roof of the... It's something, it was something to do with the people who owned the house. That's, that's well, they're a bit worried they were going to own the floor of crystals. And, yeah. yeah. 
The Sainsbury's will always be there, essentially. It's a really yeah. sticky floor as well. It's a very sticky floor. Really sticky floor. The last few times, it's actually they've 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 improved it. No, yeah, it's quite sticky. It's pretty it's sticky. sticky. I can I can pinpoint two reasons why two of the areas. Can where you it's can really you sell them on the pod? No, no, okay. <laughs> not, not the one Good. underneath the bonquet in the farm. No, right, no. we're going to wrap up the in this week feature there for this week. Good. Uh, in part four, we're going to look forward to Palace's uh, game against Southampton at Selhurst Park. The part four. Yeah, wow. it's going to be a quick one. Um, so, uh, join us in a bit. <laughs> To the five year plan podcast. Hey. Pod one fifty nine, sponsored by Vector Printing for your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with a K. Okay. And we're also sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com and that's JCIS with a J. Are they owned by a Palace fan? Owned by a Palace fan. There we go. That's why we've got them as part of the FYP family. Uh, do you feel like we might need them to consult us on our brand after tonight's podcast? Yeah. Possibly. Maybe yeah, for yeah. maybe for the brand of part yeah. three. Um, but part four is all about the next game, which is at home to Southampton. Uh, of course, last season that was the Warnock's last game and yeah. the game that oh, changed what a shame everything. That was. Yeah. Uh, but are we more confident this season? No. Oh, uh, Southampton play the sort of football that are traditionally a challenge to us. But there again, we said that about Swansea. Um, I don't know. We'd, I'm surprised by us being above. See, you know, people still talk about what a great story Southampton is, despite all their money and their facilities. Um, I think it's a. It's, 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 it's a good test, but it's one I, I'm not that fussed about because. Yeah. If we don't beat them, we'll beat somebody else. Yeah. But doesn't that signal how far we've come as well? That we're now like, we're not that bothered about these games. Like, there'll they'll be games that we'll challenge. And if no, we win, I'm, we don't, I'm, if we I'm don't, sick of losing at Southampton. Uh, to, to South, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. I mean, it's been I like think four seasons in a row. Yeah. I think their approach will be different after the Newcastle game for us. And they struggled against Villa, from what I can gather, in terms of breaking Villa's defence down. But again, it depends on how we approach the game. and Depends on how they approach it. If they come and yeah. sit deep, I, I we think, might struggle. I think a point they would consider a point a decent, a decent result. Uh, it's a, it's a really they are just one of those teams, aren't they? It's just like if you were talking about Bournemouth, Villa, you go, yeah, I think we'll win. But yeah, I, I, perhaps we need to have more faith in this new Palace that we talked about so much in in part one and part two. So, which seems a, a world away. Um, yeah. But also, they are like you said before, they are one of the teams that we've. Emulate, try to emulate, as with Swansea. I don't know if teams. we tried to emulate. I mean, it's, well, it's one of the that teams we've looked that up to. I thought we can do similar. Yeah, but we're now above them. We're above them. We're above yeah, Swansea. Yeah. Like it almost feels like we're kind of ahead of schedule. Yeah, it's another club that Pardew used to manage. Yeah, um, and perhaps he used the inside because that was again a couple of Newcastle fans saying he used inside knowledge about Newcastle to beat them. So nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I. I I'm, and the odd thing is, I was looking at the results from last year. We hadn't actually been that bad <coughs> leading up to the Southampton game last year because we'd beaten Liverpool and I think we drew at Tottenham. Yeah. And drew at Stoke as well. We'd had, uh, no, we drew at home to Stoke, Stoke and we drew yeah, away yeah. at Tottenham. So the Southampton result slightly came out, the, not the result, the performance slightly came out of the blue, but 
it's all these stories that he decided we were going to play a diamond that day. Mm. And, uh, and we'd lost the home to Villa and home to yeah, Sunderland. So. Yeah, but I don't think Southampton are quite as good a team as they were this time last season. And I think we're a much better team than yeah. we were. But it would be nice to yeah. start getting a sort of consistent sellers record. That would be, that's... yeah. We need to we need to start consistently beating. And there are some games coming up where um, we could hopefully get a better home record. Yeah, and also Southampton do try and play football. They're not renowned for the physicality, so I think I don't think they'll come and play as deep as Sunderland did. I think they'll be it'd be more like a Newcastle game. I think in the way they they're going to play. Mm, hopefully, yeah. But what team would you guys put out for Palace? Same as Monday night. Depends or? on Zaha's. What do we know well, about Zaha's? back. Shemak played against Southampton in the in FA the cup, Cup. Yeah, that's right. In the cup, down yeah, there yeah. at number yeah. 10 and was fantastic. So, we like, genuinely, so was Sonogo. So well, so was Sonogo. Yeah. So bring back Yaya. Uh, I can't he, he's see, now terrible. I, I can't I see him starting Shemak. No, me neither. To be honest, I, I, I think the ideal scenario is that we are you know, tuning up against Swansea on the 28th and Shemak comes on, but... I, I think a lot depends on how fit Zahar is. They tend to push their f- their fullbacks on a little bit, so I think Wickham would start. I think he just. I mean, Wickham's a given uh, to start. I think MacArthur and yeah. Kabaya. So are pretty much same team, but probably with Zahar in for Jednak. Saints aren't quite probably, as harmonious yeah. as they were last season. Like no, there's sort uh, of rumblings of discontent yeah. down there, both from Koeman and from people within the camp. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. uh, they, I think they're now starting to. Not necessarily kick off against the constraints that are being imposed upon them in terms of finances, but they're certainly aware that there's being a glass ceiling put above yeah. them in terms of you know ability to develop and stuff. So it's 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 not the same Southampton that we faced twelve months ago yeah. at Selhurst Park. But then, um, in the same, we're not the same Palace that they no, faced. But I think, I, think well, no, quite. I think what they've got is that, like Newcastle, they're probably a, more a collection of individuals in the team, but much better individuals than. Than Newcastle, yeah, oh, yeah, and I'm basing that on just on highlights I've seen. But I'm, no, I think that's fair. And I'm trying yeah. to sound profound and deep, but I, I think this, these are the sort of teams that we, if we want to be taken seriously, these are the sort of teams yeah. we should be looking to, yeah, to win against. And what you hope is that they will come and try and play football against us, yeah. and that would work for us. Yeah. Wouldn't it? There is, and they are a team that's something I just don't. Something about them I don't like. Southampton. Yeah, fat. yeah, just nineteen seventy six. I think it might be that. Yeah. They're making me cry. Maybe. Yeah. Bit of a yeah. smugness about them, I guess, in terms of the way they. Well, also I remember because that was a game after we lost nine 0 We were away to Southampton. I remember going down there, and they all thought they were hilarious with their. Mm. It's nearly ten past suckling jokes, so on and so forth. Yeah, but the whole nine 0 thing, we got yeah. we got the last laugh on that. So the the nine 0 thing isn't even a thing because we got. Well, the... it's not over yet, so we won't. Yeah. <laughs> There's years to go before we get the last laugh. We could, yeah. uh, well, right now in terms but of Liverpool, it's, it's we do not. It's not. I mean, I, nobody was surprised when they because they were this time last year. They were kind of the Leicester, weren't they, of the yeah. the Premier League, playing really good football, tipped as outsiders for the Champions League. And I wasn't at the game, but they, by all accounts, they just played us off the pitch, didn't they? Although and Scott Dan scored, didn't he? he and the FA Cup draw, Southampton again. Oh, how Bit boring, isn't it? So. The, the fact Tedious. They, the fact they had to keep telling John Hartson to shake the balls up because it's quite clearly they were all the Premier League teams were clumped <laughs> together. It's just, how many. When was the last. Just, just a home game against a non league team. It's all I asked, just for once. We just, got a good just, one last year against Dover, though, didn't we? That was a fourth We'd, round. No, Dover's third round. Oh, no, Dover, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. We got a really good round. one. Yeah, and then we yeah. got Southampton yeah, fourth. That, that was, we did get a good one in there. It was a way to Dover, though, wasn't it? 
Yeah, but perfect. That's perfect. No, I want a home to. I want a, no, I want you a want a away, away to lower league team, a home to big team. No, no, no. I want the other way around. Well, I just you're wrong. A game on. <laughs> How many has he had? Only seven. Do you know what the worst thing about this is? All the texts I'll get in the morning say, "I'm sorry, I was out of order last night. Did I disagree with you?" Last <laughs> no, night? no. So I might have contradicted you. I'm really sorry about that. So that's now funny for once. Now I'm back in Cheshire. Yeah. yeah. Right. Contact uh, so all South London. We are going to wrap now up. I'm the back pod. looking at the fluffy bar lambs in Cheshire. And people reading the Monocle, Monocle magazine it's on the, the yeah, platform. It's there. definitely the worst pub in Cheshire with the fluffy bar lambs. Are you guys done? <laughs> no. no, he is defiant, isn't he? Right, that is the end of this week's podcast. So, uh, thanks for listening. Um, we will see you after the Southampton game. Um, Kevin and Andy, thanks for being here. You're well, more than welcome. He, he lives here. I live here. <laughs> Good. <laughs> right, uh, thanks for listening, listeners, and uh, we will uh, see you again very soon. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast Network.